Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio on a Monday morning. He uh, he did exactly, you know, honestly, before you did it, I knew you were going to say something or do something, and all of a sudden I'm kind of working on my show this morning, and the door kind of creaks open, and <laughs> Ned sticks his head in and just looks at me real quiet just to see the condition I'm in. And it's funny that even at this point, a legend like Ned Reynolds could be scared of my wrath after the Kansas City Chiefs lose, especially in a game like that. I've been around you long enough. (laughs) I'm taking easy street out, man. (laughs) About 10 years ago, he would have said, whatever, dude, I'll take you on. Um, So, yeah, uh, you know, going into the game, Chiefs had a... It did increase. They it was three and a half in the into the week, but I think the points went up a little bit for the game on La- Sunday. The last I saw it was three and a half, and I must admit, on Ned Talk uh, yesterday, I, I thought, boy, this is this is really a small margin. I I would think it'd be six or seven, and my prediction for a final score was thirty eight seventeen Chiefs. I did not think it would be a contest at all because of the injury factor. Baltimore's really beat up. No running backs at all. They're, they've had to cobble together a bunch of veterans. Uh, lo- I'm By veterans, I'm talking about long, old-timers, 31, 32-year-old running backs. You don't have that no. in the NFL. You have the young kids. Well, they're all on the injured reserve. Therefore, I thought, well, the Chiefs, they're gonna, the Chiefs will go through their, their offense. It's going to be unstoppable, and they'll just outscore this team. Wrong O, and that is a point of concern, I think. Well, now, yes, the Ravens are hurting for running backs, but running backs isn't the whole equation. Their front five on that team are really good. Front five did a great job for Lamar Jackson. He really engineered a great attack, but Mike, the stat on there, and you don't see this very often in the NFL, 251 yards rushing. 251. The he Chiefs, had 100 in the first quarter. He he was running all over. And the Chiefs, by comparison, 62. Now, that that's understandable. That's the disparity that the Chiefs have. They're, they're a passing offense. That's what they do. But the fact that the Chiefs were gashed on defense for that amount, 251 yards, when you had, last week, for instance, you had Chubb doing his, his Chubb and Hunt are quality pro football runners. I can understand that. 150 yards is what the Browns had on the ground. That's understandable. But not 251 from Baltimore. They're going to have to do, they being the Chiefs, Magnola and his company, some revamping of that defensive front line. They're That's, giving up way too many That yards. is exactly what I was going to say. Um, you know, I thought, again, Nick Bolton had a great game. He did really good. Uh, he's stepping up big time for a rookie, and I think he's going to have a really good future at the team. But, man, you they were clowning Chris Jones all yeah. night long. And, and I'm and, wondering, and, and, wondering if they don't change Chris Jones back to his original position again. I mean, he got beat and, and fooled so many times. And when you've got that pipsqueak, Chris Collinsworth calling you out on Sunday Night Football, nothing makes me more angry <laughs> because I love Stone Cold Chris Jones. And... I, but you, what can you say when you see him go one way and they go the other way and you just get burned and you just get burned? Tackling was horrendous. I can't even begin to count how many times that they could have just squared up and hit him and nothing happened. These guys just weren't tackling. It was just like, I don't, I don't know if they just thought, came into this game thinking, oh, it's a wounded animal, no big deal. 
But those are usually the scariest situations to be in because you know what happens with wounded animals. They got nothing to lose, yeah, and that's the, how Baltimore played is, last night. The key is how do the Chiefs rebound from this because they did not expect to lose that game, nor did anyone else. Everybody predicted Kansas City, and they didn't win. Now, when that happens, next week they face the Los Angeles Chargers, and they're wounded. They're coming off a loss, a surprising loss. Very close game. That was the one I was watching up until, well, then it flipped over, but yeah. But uh, to have that happen at home, well, that's that wasn't expected at all, so they will be out for a little bit of revenge, and furthermore, they don't, <laughs> they don't beat the Chiefs very often. They haven't during the last six, seven years. But the fact of the matter remains that Kansas City does have some revamping to do, and whether or not they can do that defensively, that remains to be seen. This is two straight weeks now. They've been gashed up front. Uh, Big congratulations to Travis Kelsey getting one hell of a milestone, what, 8,000 receiving yards or something something like that? Some huge number. That's huge. Uh, Tyran Matthew, it was great to have him back. I mean, right out of the gate, interception for a touchdown. You could definitely tell we were missing him against the uh, Browns, but it was nice to have him back. But again, there were so many things where there was just really bad communication on the defense last night. And you can see it. You could see them making adjustments. They just fooled them. They screwed with him. I really think one of the moves they're going to make is uh, put Chris Jones back in his original position again because he's much more comfortable there. And you're right. He's running the wrong way, and he is not exactly a gazelle. Now, he is a top-flight defensive player and very tough to move and a disruptor. But he is in a position now where he can't disrupt the way he normally does. He's great at uh, really ruining passing attacks because he can get a throw blockers off. He can do a lot of things on defense. But when you're running at him and being pushed out of the way with with really what are brush blocks more than anything mm-hmm. else, and that takes him right out of his game, I think they move him. I really do. I think they'll move him on the other side where he was and to try to revamp their defense that way. We'll see. I, it, again, it also is, keep in mind, the first time he's been playing that position in pro football. So it's a learning curve. I mean, he was having issues with it in the Cleveland game, came back out, and then had two sacks. So he he corrected it in the Cleveland game. I was hoping to say the same thing about the Baltimore game. I hope because you could see all the problems in the first half. They just didn't get corrected. The situation with the Ravens is a little bit different because they have a different style quarterback. Lamar Jackson really revamps and forces your defense to revamp its original philosophy. as hell. And he can run all over. He's very effective, very quick. And, heck, he ran for, what, 150, 160 yards himself in this game the other night, last night. And uh, he, in fact, was the impetus behind what they did. But you have, to, you have to understand that every attack is going to be different, and this is pro football. That's why I really think the Chiefs do need a revamping somewhere along the line, and they'll do that. Spagnola's a, a good coach, a quality coach, and this is a good team. Offensively, they don't need to make any changes at all. Mahomes had that machine running just like a freight train that it oh, is. Oh, yeah. And, spreading, and, it, spreading the love all over the place last night. They would have tied the game. There's no question about that. They would have tied it. Hey, come on, a fumble. Fumbles happen. They're part of the game. So you can't blame one person furthermore. You can go back to the old philosophy. Why were the Chiefs even there in the first place? Well, yeah, that's what I always lean to. You can't ever make a. You can't ever point fingers at one player. You put yourself in in, your, in that position as a team, and then it goes either way. That's just the way it goes. But hey, it, I mean, we're talking. We're in week three now. Okay, we haven't even finished week two yet. It's one and one. No big deal. 
We've got uh, Chargers at home, and then we go fly out to the East Coast after that to face uh, the old green and white, Ned. That's that's the heavenly team. Yeah. <laughs> now, well, I want to tell you a real quick story, personal story, if I can, please. Happened to be in Denver when the Broncos were in their heyday and watching a Sunday night newscast, a newscast after the Broncos had lost a home game. You would have thought the world had come to an end. I've never seen anything like that ever. Not even, at least now, I'm not in Kansas City. I can't see the people up there. But my goodness sake, the whole oh God, we lost today. Oh, this is awful. That's the way the newscast dragged on. I thought, what is this? Well, that's when a team is winning and when the identification is so strong as it is in KC. It was in Denver back then. Hey, gang, it's one game. Yeah, it's one game, and we've got uh, a lot more to play. And you know what? Thank you for telling me a story to make me feel better. It always makes me feel better when I think of John Elway losing. So I'm the type of guy, I know this is going to sound weird, but when it comes to dinner, soups, chilies, sometimes it's just too hot, you know? And it makes me mad because I'm hungry and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, I want to eat this, but I can't. I try to take a bite. Ah, burn my mouth. Ah. It's kind of how I feel about the St. Louis Cardinals right now. I wouldn't touch them if they were a soup. It'd burn my head right off. They are searing hot. This is interesting the way this works too, Mike, because... In a game, in a, in a season, I should say, of 162 games, every team, I care who you are, even the lowest team, you have your peaks and you have your valleys. Now, some of the teams have much deeper valleys, but all of them have that sequence. The Cardinals really haven't this year, but they're having it now. They are on a peak. They are red hot. Eight consecutive victories. I heard one of the pundits say yesterday, well, this is the way the Cardinals should have played all season long. Oh, no, it's not. The way they played is how they did play. That's their record. This is a hot streak, and they're having it at the right time. They've pretty much put uh, things away as far as that second wild card. There are three games in front now. They have a lot of games still to play. I think it's 13, if I'm not mistaken. And, yeah, they could cool off. That's the problem right there, because when they cool off, I'm afraid that's going to be a crumbling, but it may not happen. May not happen this year because they're riding a streak right now. The Cardinals are a good team, they're not a great team. They have played the way they should have played all season long and been managed the way Mike Schultz wants to manage. But now, right now, they're riding the crest. And uh, maybe with fingers crossed, it'll continue. They do have a three game lead for that second wild card berth. The only problem with that is it's a one game playoff that they have. A day after, I beg your pardon, two days after the season ends, and it will be at the home ballpark of the other team because Cardinals' record is not going to be good enough to be out there. So it'll be on the West Coast. It'll be either the Giants or the Dodgers. I'm guessing the Dodgers right now, but nothing is in concrete yet. It's definitely been a crazy, but hey, at least we got a full season of baseball. We did. 162 games, and it's been a lot of fun. Started out with minimal crowds, and now, for the contending teams, those crowds are huge, and they're loud, and they're having a good time, and Mike, that's the key. You're right on the money with that. Uh, what's the deal with La Russa? You think about him getting ejected? Well, he got suspended, uh, ejected and suspended, and suspended for yeah. a one game, but that's that's Tony La Russa. He, he I didn't the, know the old man still had the fire. I'm, uh, you, you were talking last hour about me throwing stuff at you. I'm kind of getting scared that you might be starting to throw stuff at me. I can't lift up my arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, speaking of lucky number 13, uh, that's how many games the Royals have left. They got, what, two more series with Cleveland, one with Detroit, and then uh, finish off the season with the Twins, but they just finished their last 
uh, series with Seattle and did not do too good. No, and they got belted yesterday too, seven to one by the Mariners. This is also a little hint as to what's been going to be forthcoming next year. Every year, all the baseball experts look at Seattle and say, "Here, here's a sleeping giant." And every year they seem to fail. And this year they did. Got off to a slow start. Now they are playing dynamite baseball and have been for pretty much in the playoff picture. Uh, down the stretch this season. I don't think they're going to make it It's because of uh, the wild card disparity and things. I don't think they'll uh, make that wild card playoff. But the Mariners are going to be a force next year and the years after that. They're a young team. They play well. Many of the players you've never heard of before, we have seen their double-A farm team down mm-hmm. here in the Central League, the Arkansas Travelers. They've got a lot of talent. They absolutely do. And speaking of which... Uh, college football, another great weekend of some matchups. Um, I really think the uh, Arkansas Razorbacks are the real deal this year for sure. Um, obviously, Alabama always. That Oklahoma game, little kind. Right, let's take a look at let's take a look at Arkansas now because they have a significant game coming up this coming Saturday. They, they play in Jerry Jones World down in Dallas. Their annual battle with Texas A and M, which is a a division rival for Arkansas. Texas A&M has an outstanding football team. How well Arkansas does against the A&M Aggies going to be very interesting. I think the uh, the game between Alabama and Florida is a little bit misleading. It's a two-point win for Alabama. Gang Bama is still the best team in the country. They took their foot off the pedal. I know that makes Saban angrier than hell, but they did. Uh, there's no question about it. They played in it. Now, Florida's a good team. Florida's a very good team. But Alabama playing <laughs> concentrated football for the hundred, yeah, for the full length of the game, the 60 minutes, I don't think Florida could ever beat them this year. Two points, 30, uh, 31-29 was the final score. And it's, a, it's very deceptive. Now, the other one, Oklahoma-Nebraska, is, to me, a very big surprise. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma was a 22-point favorite, mm-hmm. and they win it by, what, 23-16, to 16, something like that. And, indeed, Nebraska gave them a fight. Well, I, that's good for Nebraska. It finally woke them up a little bit, said, hey, we, let's quit messing around here. Let's play some football. We can do that. And, indeed, they did. So a very a close game, but nonetheless, uh, Oklahoma is the better team. Here in town, Bears were idle. Evangel got a win. Southwest Baptist did not. Uh, and up at Missouri, the Mizzou Tigers, 59 points against Southeast Missouri State. Yeah, I checked, uh, checked in on that score, too, um, and uh, very, very interesting. Uh, I also would like to mention that uh, my K-State Wildcats got another win. Not a great uh, comp- competitive game over the weekend against Nevada, but uh, they definitely have got uh, the next three weeks lined up because they go to Oklahoma State, and then they face off with Oklahoma. Well, Oklahoma State's way down. Now, Oklahoma State went out and played Boise State on the blue turf out there in Boise and ran the home team out of the ballpark. That surprised me. Oklahoma State's gotten off to a very shaky start. Their close game with Missouri State here. Mm -hmm. And then the next week, they barely got by Tulsa. Tulsa gave Ohio State a pretty good little battle. They did. But K-State is the real thing. They're I think they a good are. football team. Yeah, especially if uh, when they get Skyler back. I think when they get Skyler back, it's definitely going to be a, a really, really nice force to be reckoned with. But you never throw anything past Oklahoma State because that has been a little bit of a rivalry. So it, and it can go in either way. Always does. 
Ned, thank you so much for the conversation this morning. I will see you tomorrow, sir.